Hello and welcome to Accent of Women, a show by and about women from diverse cultures and languages in Australia and around the world. I'm Lourdes García Larque. On today's show, we will be hearing about the struggle of a multinational corporation against a country. The story of Australian-based mining company Oceana Gold against the tiny Central American country of El Salvador. This story is a clear example of some of the major dangers that free trade agreements bring to more disadvantaged nations, and a sample of what could come with a large-scale agreement such as the Trans-Pacific Partnership, the TPP. The Trans-Pacific Partnership is a trade agreement that includes the U.S., Australia, and so far 11 other Asia-Pacific and Latin American states representing about 40% of the global GDP. An agreement of this nature comes with strong investor protections that allows companies to sue governments for billions through highly secretive hearings and supranational courts. As it is now, a few very powerful companies already have the power to propose law modifications that are convenient for them in terms of labor, taxation, or environmental legislation. The TPP will greatly increase the power of corporations to carry lawsuits against the states and challenge their policies. For example, laws that are about environmental protection. If a corporation feels that it infringed on its current or future profits. And this is exactly what is currently happening between Oceana Gold and the El Salvador government. We will hear from anti-mining activist Vidalina Morales. She is an El Salvador activist who has been campaigning against mining and for life and water, and she is a representative of the National Roundtable Against Metallic Mining. In 2002, in the department of Cabañas in El Salvador, Canadian company Pacific Rim began to invest about 77 US million dollars in the prospection to exploit the mine of El Dorado, which was to become the company's largest mining project, expecting to extract a great amount of ounces of gold. But the mining company did not comply with some of the required permits, and in late 2008, the drilling ceased. In this context, and with the change of governments that came a few months later, the mining laws and environmental protection laws of El Salvador entered revision, and all new mining projects were frozen. When the administrative freeze was announced, Pacific Rim launched a lawsuit against the government of El Salvador for the $77 million they have invested. Using the little-known investor protection provisions with the Central America Free Trade Agreement, taking the El Salvador government before the International Center for the Settlement of Investment Disputes, some form of supranational tribunal. The Pacific Rim Company ran into financial trouble. And as you can sell a mine, you can also sell a lawsuit. And Canadian-Australian company Oceana Gold bought the mine's assets and the lawsuit against El Salvador, raising the stakes and demanding $315 US million from El Salvador. Vidalina Morales has toured a number of countries to learn about the impacts of mining in communities and to inform the international community of the consequences of these multinational treaties. She toured Australia in November 2013 when I first met her, 
In this interview, I asked Vidalina about the environmental consequences that mining has brought to her country. You are listening to Accent of Women. Este, en el proceso de exploración en el Dorado se se ha se han secado fuentes de agua. In the process of exploration of El Dorado, water sources have been drained, agricultural land has been affected, and animals have been intoxicated due to drinking the contaminated water. So that increases the damages caused to our environment. 92% of our rivers are highly polluted, and according to the United Nations, in Latin America, we are the second most deforested country, just after Haiti. We already suffer from problems related to climate change. That makes us very vulnerable to climate change. And according to the Latin American Water Tribunal, El Salvador is already facing water stress or water shortages. The El Dorado Mining Project has been stopped since 2006. How has the local communities in El Salvador, and particularly in the region um, where you live, had been able to succeed in stopping the mine going to production? Una de las primeras acciones que hemos hecho es buscar información en un en el en el año 2004 nosotros buscamos mucha información sobre lo que es el tema de minería well, one of our first actions for us was to find information. So in 2004, we began researching about mining projects in general, and we visited places where there has been mining activity and visited places to learn about the horrendous consequences of mining. And we visited communities, and we came back to our community and ran forums to inform people about mining and the consequences that mining could bring to our community. So this is a grassroots struggle that was initiated by the community. And since early 2005, we've formed the National Roundtable Against Metallic Mining, and this is a broad space at a national level. So as an organization, we have four main strategies. The first is education. Education. The second is lobbying, the third is communication, and the fourth is organization. And on the other hand, we establish international alliances as we do with organizations in the U.S. and in Canada. Yeah, well, and, and that's good. I guess that's part of the work that you were doing in 2013 here in Australia. But uh, to your knowledge, what is the impact of mining in other regional countries in Central America? For example, Guatemala, that you share a border with, and some water resources. Este es un tema preocupante en Centroamérica. Todos los países, a, a excepción del Salvador, tienen minería. It is a very worrying problem in Central America. With the exception of El Salvador, every other country in the region has mining, 
And we know their problems. Guatemala is a country that is very vulnerable to this situation. There's a lot of human rights abuses and pollution. And the rivers are contaminated because there's ongoing mining projects in Guatemala. In our case, our worries are even big too. In Guatemala, there's an active mine from 20 kilometers from the border of El Salvador, the Cerro Blanco mine. This mine would pollute one of our main water effluents to one of our main water resources, our river, Lempa. The pollution would reach the Ostua River, and soon the pollution will reach our Lempa River. And, well, the river is Guatemalan, Honduran, and El Salvadorian, but it's true that most of the river is in El Salvador, about 60% of its water. If you just tuned in, you are listening to Accent of Women on Satellite Across Australia, where we are speaking with Vidalina Morales, an environmental activist from El Salvador. We have been listening about the environmental damage brought by mining companies and about the violence that such businesses have brought to the communities in El Salvador. Stories shared by Vidalina and reports you can read on stopesmining.org, a website dedicated to the anti-mining campaigns in El Salvador, depict the fragile environment that the most urbanized country in the region faces, where water sources are quickly drying out. The majority of people in El Salvador oppose the mining projects, as a number of polls and referendums have indicated recently. However, in the municipality of Cabañas, where El Dorado is located, there have been some divisions amongst community members, especially around 2008 and 2009. This is due to a history of favors that mining companies had to fuel the differences. Pacific Rim's tactics were well known. They would sponsor local political campaigns, supporting local churches, provide widely needed funding for schools, and buying media advertising to their green mining campaigns. However, as the years have passed and people gain consciousness, important sectors of the community, including the hierarchy of the Catholic Church, have joined the campaign against mining, calling for a prohibition on all metal mining activities altogether. And, well, now talking a bit, a bit about the, the mining project, how did you and other activists feel when you heard that the Pacific Rim project was being bought by Oceana Gold, the Australian company? Bueno, esta es una preocupación enorme porque... It was a big worry. We were almost convinced that the Pacific Mine Project was going to fail due to insufficient funding. 
Pacific Rim was running out of resources. But now that Oceana Gold took it, it's very worrying as it's a bigger and stronger company. Oceana Gold is preocupante porque esta empresa al parecer es mucho más fuerte que las otras, bueno, que la Pacific Rim. And what do you know about Oceana Gold? Before you came to Australia for the first time, what did you know about Oceana's gold record in other countries in regards to respecting human rights and also environmental rights as well? In uno de los últimos, o mejor dicho, los primeros comunicados que eh, lanza la Pacific Rim eh, anunciando la venta del proyecto, dice que la Oceana Gold es una empresa sumamente responsable, dicen ellos. Well, one of the first documents shared by Pacific Rim when the negotiations happened said that Oceana Gold was a very responsible company, according to them, that had the experience to run projects in areas environmentally vulnerable and that they were always happy to negotiate with local governments. But what we have investigated since about Oceana Gold is that Yes, they have a lot of financial resources, but their work is dirty. The Human Rights Commission in the Philippines has denounced the company for human rights abuses. La, la ha denunciado por violadora de los derechos humanos. If you could speak about the situation of violence related to uh, the mining businesses that we know at world level is very, very severe, particularly if activists like yourself are being targeted by this violence. Bueno, nosotros percibimos que la presencia de las mineras en nuestro país a partir del 2005 incrementa la violencia en, en el departamento donde, donde está el proyecto minero Pacific, de Pacific Rim. There is a lot of violence, especially since 2005 in the area or state where the proposed mine is located. First there were threats, divisions amongst the community, Then, in 2009, we experienced assassinations, clearly linked to our campaign against mining. In that year, two men and an eight-month pregnant woman were killed. The attacks and threats were then extended to journalists, people in community radio and others, and we see these crimes clearly linked to the presence of the mining project. We believe the company Pacific Rim is part of these issues. In 2012, the son of an activist was killed. They constantly denounced the consequences and damages caused by the mine prospection in their land. And then this youth, son of a known activist, got killed in 2012. Also in 2013, we faced threats to comrades from the National Roundtable against metallic mining. One of them... She was attacked. She had all her belongings stolen. Then a male comrade was shot at four times outside his house. Luckily, he was not reached, but this is the situation, and, and this is just recent. So, yeah, the, the violence continues in our community.
Vidalina Morales is currently the president of the National Roundtable Against Metallic Mining. She has been a tireless activist in the issue, and she took the position as president because a comrade of hers, the previous president of the organization, was murdered, Marcelo Rivera. His assassination was followed by a number of crimes perpetrated against activists and their families. Vidalina told us about some of the most representative crimes. The first person, Marcelo Rivera, was a teacher and community leader that was killed in 2009. He was the leader of our movement. They, the company, thought his assassination will weaken the movement and our organization. But that didn't happen. There were more of us, more people taking over leadership roles in the movement. So Marcelo Rivera was disappeared in June 2009. Then Ramiro Rivera and Dora Alicia Soto were killed in December 2009. In 2011, David Alexander, a young university student, very bright, with a scholarship to a prestigious university. He was viciously murdered. And that's just an example of these crimes. Who, who would kill people in this way? And in your opinion, who is responsible for these crimes? Um, we know that in El Salvador there are also criminal organizations such as the Maras and other gangs. Uh, in your opinion, are these types of groups linked somehow to the mining companies? Um, are they linked to the crimes? In El Salvador, se da el caso de que cualquier asesinato siempre es atribuido a las pandillas, a las maras. Y, y en este caso de nuestros compañeros asesinados, nosotros sospechamos, y esta es una investigación que la well, in El Salvador, all crimes are attributed to the gangs. In our case, our comrades, we believe this is an investigation that the Attorney General needs to take and resolve. We believe that the division of our community began with the mining project and that people who committed these killings are professional, professional and highly trained. So we think those professional killers were paid by someone. That someone needs to be found by the Attorney General. So we're in that struggle right now to prosecute the people who planned the murders. There's no justice in El Salvador, not in these cases or many others. De la fiscalía de investigar y dar con el paradero de los verdaderos responsables, no solo de los materiales, sino de los actores intelectuales. Y en esa lucha estamos. Ciertamente no hay justicia para los intelectuales, verdad? En El Salvador carecemos de justicia. Now, um, we would like to know a little bit more about the lawsuit that Oceana Gold has against the El Salvador government. Could you talk about this? 
what lessons can we learn when we talk about free trade agreements that allow companies, especially foreign companies, to sue governments for essentially passing legislation that protect their natural resources? Son tan los acuerdos comerciales principalmente como en los países como los nuestros, como Centroamérica, eh, hacer o firmar tratados comerciales con potencias mundiales como Estados Unidos y Canadá. Well, we learned that for countries like El Salvador, signing economic agreements with big economic powers like the U.S. and Canada is dangerous. What we have to export is only our resources, nothing else. And the international companies want our water, our natural resources. So when people are not willing to hand over their natural resources, then those, co those companies sue the countries. And that's happened in El Salvador. So since 2009, our country is fighting a multi-million dollar lawsuit that has cost so much money. So far, about $7 million paid to the international tribunal. And that's almost as much as our education yearly budget. It's a massive loss, especially for a country that so badly needs such resources for public funding. And, well, if El Salvador loses the lawsuit, we'll have to pay the $300 million that they want as compensation. Such agreements have very negative consequences for countries and their people. The public opposition to mining ventures in El Salvador is massive. But the administrative freeze on mining exploitation and prospection at the moment could be temporary, as so far no new laws have been passed. The National Congress has been discussing for years about what kind of environmental protection legislation will be best. While states across the country have been conducting referendums that show between 77 and 96% of participation rejecting mines and promoting state legislation. But, as it has been discussed, the legal backbone of Oceana Gold's threat lies on the laws that rule the free trade agreement, supranational laws that rule over state and federal legislations. If, if the company if, the, if your campaign does not succeed, uh, let's say if Oceana Gold is able to undertake the mining production in El Salvador, what will that mean for people in your country? What will be the impact? Por supuesto que esto sería desastroso para El Salvador. It will, of course, be disastrous, and one consequence would be the increase of violence. So our priority is to protect our environment and natural resources, and if projects like this one take place, 
People won't sit on their hands. People will resist. We've seen in neighbouring countries, companies hire their own hitmen and kill activists. We almost expect that. So we invite people in Australia to watch out and keep an eye on what companies that are based in your country do in other countries and demand of them that they respect the laws of other countries like El Salvador. In El Salvador, there is a unanimous call to not allow mining projects and El Salvador should be autonomous and have the right to decide its own destiny. Sobre su propio destino. This case has dragged for a long time now, and it has cost the El Salvador, which is a small country of only 6 million people, between 7 and up to 12 million dollars of public money in legal expenses so far. The final hearing took place on September 2014. But nearly 16 months after that, the International Tribunal has not issued a ruling. It is difficult to believe that El Dorado Mine will be allowed to start functioning again. That will be the greatest loss. But in the legal suit, if El Salvador loses, they will be made to pay 315 million US dollars, which is nearly 2% of the country's gross economic product. But the determination of the people is strong and will continue to fight the big bosses. We just heard from Vidalina Morales, an environmental activist from El Salvador and a representative of the National Round Table Against Metallic Mining in El Salvador. We spoke about the environmental consequences of mining, the violence used by mining companies against activists, and the lawsuit of Australian company Oceana Gold against El Salvador. Oceana Gold has offices in Sydney in Melbourne. In Melbourne, a protest is organized every month to denounce the atrocities against workers and the environment in El Salvador and the Philippines. The protest happens on the last Friday of every month at midday outside the Collins Street office of Oceana Gold. You can contact the Victoria branch of the Maritime Union of Australia for further details. If you would like to hear this show again or any of our other programs, you can download them from the 3CR website www.tcr.org.au and that's with the digit 3 and not spelled out in letters. Follow the links to Accent of Women and to this week's show. I would like to thank Daniel Archer for helping with the voiceover for Vidalina. Accent of Women is produced in the Melbourne studios of Community Radio 3CR and is distributed nationally via the Community Radio Network. Unfortunately, Accent of Women is no longer funded. The Community Broadcasting Foundation felt that our program was not as much of a priority as it once was. 3CR and Accent of Women disagree with this feeling, and we are loving to have this position changed. If you would like to help us on this campaign, get in touch by writing to accentofwomen at gmail.com. If you would like to be in touch with the producers of this show, you can write to us by email or find us on Twitter or Facebook. Thanks for tuning into the show today. I'm Lourdes Garcia Larque, and I look forward to your company again in our next program. <laughs>